0: Hello and welcome to Chasco Podcast, where we break down our review of a movie of my choosing. And, yeah, you know, just try to have a bit of fun as we do. Uh, I'm your host, Dranking Thomas Shoes.
1: Hi, I'm Hayden, and we're got, we watched Super Hentai.
0: James wasn't here. It's not Hentai. Oh,
1: anymore. oh. You ditched us, remember? Oh, yeah. That, I, I, I did that in beforehand and scratched it off now. Okay, change that now. We watched Power Rangers. <laughs>
0: I'm oh, sorry, did you say you watched that beforehand?
1: <laughs> well, I thought that's what we were watching, because that's what James said. Well, James ditched us! We can't watch what he says when he ditches us! I was confused, okay? Yes. I was really confused. You I thought, are. okay, what's, which one's real? So I just went with
2: the one that had the boobies in it. But I was so, confused. So
0: does it. Anyway, uh, to be more specific though, Hayden, we are discussing Sabon's Pair Rangers. It has You have to have put Sabon on the front of it. Okay, a, you. I'll forget that, but okay. Yeah, uh, released in 2017 and serving as a much more serious adaption of the hit TV series of the same name, which itself was an adaption of the Japanese kids' show Super Sentai. Not Hentai, Hayden. Hmm. Sentai. Oh,
1: Super Sentai, okay.
0: <laughs> the movie was directed by Dean Israelite, whose only other movie credit... He's Project Almanac, which he directed two years prior to this. He yeah, He's doing some TV episodes here and there, but none I've actually seen or heard of, so I'm just going to skip that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, let's talk Power Rangers, because this is my wheelhouse, Hayden. <laughs> yeah, this is
1: his Ben 10. It's the, that one thing <laughs> that he's constantly obsessed with and buys all the stuff for.
0: What, what what do you mean obsessed with what do you mean boys all the stuff for what what, what 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 do you mean um, you can fucking like
1: f- you could literally make presents for the entirety of like Japan with all the shit you've brought <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, it's actually you know, give some early thoughts you know like, about getting writing and so obviously, when this film first early, obviously, was starting to come out the trailers, obviously, the advertising, which was uh, the end of, I think it was in 2016, the trailers and that started coming out for this. Obviously, they started obviously doing the promotion and whatnot. And I was really hyped for it. I was really looking forward to it. It looked interesting. It looked different. It looked, obviously, as you say, it looked more serious. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to dig this. I'm going to dig this. And obviously, it came out in March 2017, I believe it was in the UK. I think this came out literally a month before I started working uh, full-time and i was like i'm definitely gonna watch this and i dragged james along well i didn't drag him i he was like oh i want to go and watch that i was like let's go and watch it then watch it then. you know we, we tried to drag him on for this and you know, he... yeah yeah it
1: was a shame really because
0: he had so much to live for that made me laugh um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah obviously we went and watched it and Went in There there wasn't many people in there because, again, this film is one that didn't make enough money. I think it literally made exactly the amount it uh, it cost to actually make the movie itself. Not advertisement, mm-hmm. just obviously the movie itself. It, that's why there's no sequel at all in development apart from a remake uh, with a different studio. But um, so there was wasn't that many people in there. Was like, I think there like two or three kids. This was like 11am 11, mm-hmm. 11 showing them on a Friday morning, I think it was. So there's like a couple of kids in there and obviously some grown-ups here and there. obviously people are always grown up with it as you say this is definitely something that's more for people that have grown up with it rather than kids mm-hmm. because obviously that's certain you know coma moment early on if you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> but obviously I, it went through it went through it, it sat for, all the way through it and i really enjoyed it i do have my issues with it which i'll point out at the time and i know you have your issues with certain parts of it as well yeah i think our issues are quite similar at times mm-hmm. but uh as for someone who grew up with the franchise, for someone who adored the franchise, still watches the franchise today, and watches the fucking <laughs> Japanese rendition, it's the first thing I picked up. Uh-huh. It's a... It's a... It's a, a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> it's a Minecraft Cube. It's a little eagle. It's legal. A very fat eagle, but okay. It's, it's the body. It's it's the... Sorry.
2: It's
0: the body. The Zord. Mm. But yeah, uh, what? Basically, for someone who's grew up with it and whatnot, mm. I've really enjoyed it. I thought I have that the wrong way around. Um, I had a lot of fun watching it. Obviously, it's a lot darker than the show, which I've showed you a few episodes yeah. yesterday. But I kind of dig it. I don't know where the head is. The head's over there somewhere, but basically it's there. <laughs> the head's the head somewhere. I don't know where I put the head. But uh, yeah, for someone who grew up with this, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun.
2: Mm,
1: definitely. I mean, I think, personally, this is the best way they could have done it. There are things that I would change, obviously, as we'll get on to later, but like for the tone specifically, and the way the cast and the way they've done stuff, I think it was the best way they could have done. It because it could have fallen to that trap of being another generic kids' film adaption, and it would just have been a bit bland, really. But I think what, the way they did it, it had a different type of life to it. And as I said, it's, it's definitely something for those who grew up with it, not for kids who want to go into, who've obviously been watching, right now currently watching the new stuff, because it's going to be extremely different. And I
0: believe at the time, mm-hmm. in 2017, it would have been, I f- think it would have been Ninja Steel. Yeah. No. <clears throat> Go on, Karen, I'll, I'll try and think. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it, like, well, mm. obviously, Because it's the original, like, Rangers, the, the actual original Mighty Morphin ones, it makes sense, it being for adults, not for kids. And that's what I liked about it, because it was there were definitely, it was still kind of like, like Marvel. You know, kids can still watch it, but there were some a lot more obvious adult jokes, but you know we get that in Marvel. Many fucking times they've sworn it. <laughs> you got Sam Jackson, you got to get
2: going, going same motherfucker. So, know, yeah, I think it was the best way they could have done it without it ruining. It
1: still has that peeranger feel to it, but it's more modern and it's just more.
0: Yeah. At all, really. Yeah, uh, I quickly Googled it because yeah. uh, I was just, I was like, wait. Yeah. Obviously, this film, when it, as I said, when it started advertising, it was like back in 2016 when I was working at Smith. So, obviously, I was around the toys when the toys for this film came out. And I remember, obviously, the toy line they had then for the NED series. It was Dino Supercharge at the time. Yeah. Ninja yeah. still was the end of 2017. So, when this film came out, it would have been like the, very early on. Dino Supercharged subject, up to the second series of the Dino Charge mm-hmm. ones. So... That was the one that was at the time. And obviously, it's completely different to that. Obviously, they say, all these shows, the only exception in terms of uh, non-kiddy-kiddy ones was probably the Disney era. Because the Disney era yeah. was dark as hell at times. Specifically RPM for the fact that it was machines that created a, there's like a massive virus that wiped out the entire world and robots now rule the world. And the last remaining humans are trapped inside a dome. That level of darkness. Mm. Mm. probably the most dark the series ever gone. <laughs> and then this happened, so it went even darker.
2: Definitely. <laughs> I mean, with, like, I like how it's dark. Like, like, as I keep saying, it's, it's, a, for, it's not for
1: kids. But people obviously came into it thinking it'll just be a light-hearted kids' film. And it would be exactly the same as.
0: I don't know why though, because it's the twelve A. Yeah, eh? it, it
1: showed it showed that it wouldn't be like that. But some people they just see the words Power Rangers and think it's going to be all kiddie and cheesy, and not what it is. Twelve. Obviously, a realistic what if Power Rangers did exist, they'd probably be like this, like with sleeker, obvious armor instead of you know the bullshit spandex. The weird, like yeah they. Spandexy kind of ones, or
0: leather. I believe it was in Beast Morphers. They went with leather Mm. in that one. It's the first like series not to have spandex. They went with leather. And then you got the new, the current Japanese series Zenkaija, which the the apart from the main guy who's in spandex, the rest are all robots. So their arm, their outfit is literally robotic, like armor. Mm. So big, clunky, Plasticky plastic. Yep, not metal. Plast. Yeah. So metal. Yeah, definitely metal. Uh, armor. <laughs> obviously, Definitely this no. one was the first one that went with the leather, but obviously this one, for, as you say, is straight up, full on armor.
1: Yeah. Just and a... it, mm, it looks, it looks alien, which I like. It looks, uh, it just looks alien, but like if, at the time I was mentioned, them it was, it was the aliens landing landed in during like, one, like, cre- was it the Cretaceous?
0: Cretaceous, was it?
1: Cretaceous era, I think. Cretaceous era, yeah. Yeah. Because that era and that's, um, Obviously, dinosaurs existed, even though it doesn't make sense because the tooth and the Matadon wouldn't have existed. But, bl- then. Blame
0: the uh, Japanese counterpart part for doing oh, that yeah. with Yeah, we'll Yeah,
1: We'll blame that as because of the source material, not the film.
0: That yeah, basically the sums time. up the franchise, though, that they have to yeah. obviously work off the source material. Though, now they are doing a lot more uh, refilming and reshooting new stuff like the suited scenes, but obviously back pretty much up until well, pretty much most mm. times you see them in, like, the armour or in mm. the show whatsoever, that was all straight up just taking the Japanese version, literally. Yeah, as, as you showed
1: us, like, one of um, them, the original series...
0: The yellow one. it was a yeah, the yellow ranger
1: is a bloke in the Japanese, but a girl in the American one. So, they obviously had to... Kids wouldn't have recognised it, yeah.
2: but
1: in the moment, like, as we know older and you know this stuff it becomes more obvious it, I and mean, it's, it it's why why all, all the villains tend to have masks on because obviously it's very hard to dub them
2: because sometimes you can tell there's dub like with the um the non-masked villains the, the woman you can tell it's dubbed there's like a slight
1: bit delay. delay to it yeah just like delay for the words and the mouth but you know See, it's still hard for kids to recognize i
0: think yeah that's one thing i don't get obviously with the, this film as well obviously as i said i ca- I was working at a toy shop when all the stuff came out for this film but like the megazords the the weird fucking mm. uh fucking halo sword whatever you want to fucking call it um and you saw that's the word um yeah but there's one thing that really stuck in my mind, which is like, why the fuck did they make it? They didn't even use it in the movie. They literally had the Morpher, a Morpher toy for this. It was a big fucking clunky ass piece of shit. It looked dreadful. Yeah. It was massive. Basically, they tried, they tried to make like, a, a replica of the original, but bigger and more alien-like than obviously the toy was. I don't have an example of the original because I started don't own one. But um, they tried to replicate that, and obviously you put the, the, the these weird discs in, which basically meant to put the the gems, the coins, yeah, whatsoever and the, the, you'd put it in it would light up the, 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 like the whatever is in there so the T-Rex you'd, you'd see like an outline of the T-Rex in there for example and mm. I don't know why they made it it wasn't part of this movie they never really explained fully how they morph they just like can just go oh yeah just say it's morphing time step on there do you, can you do it out of there I know he did it but it's never explained how he did it out of there
1: it, I, I think the, when they were standing inside it was because it, he wanted them to resurrect him didn't they he, he wanted them to resurrect him I mean, that's what that was doing that was there to help resurrect him but I think they could probably do it naturally anyways because of the coin maybe and it's like yeah, it's, he, it's, but if they do it there maybe it's like the energy gets released and blah 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 he becomes alive again
0: yeah it's just never fully, like, fully like, delved into explaining how yeah. they can full on just get this on, obviously it's it is based on the coin, it's literally, the coin's probably causing it all but I mean it's never fully mm. explained stuff why? Yeah, it's never really explained why Billy randomly did it when he's trying to stop them. Obviously, you can probably yeah. guess that it's like it was he was a self defense mechanism trying to stop him. But yeah, it's something that's not explained, which is obviously something that drags it slightly down for me. There's a few mm. things not explain, which may have been explained in sequels, but
1: yeah, that's that's probably like they probably would have got explained, but because some people took it as face that face value and was like, this isn't what I want wanted, I'm not going to go to it. It was. It sort of ruined any chance of
0: getting sequels. And then the st- and in Saban sold the rights, Hasbro owns the rights now. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's yeah. actually uh, move on then to the opening sequence because we've got a lot of talk there, and half it wasn't even about be- uh, ratings, <laughs> early ratings. So uh, yeah, so obviously the opening oh. sequence is Zordon burying the coins and the yeah you know, all the old Rangers dying, even though you only see the yellow one dying, as Rita basically killed them all, and then yeah, the asteroid comes because Zordon killed the uh, Rita. And himself. Yeah. I I, I I like I like the opening sequence. It sort of sums up the different tonage of the movie. It reminds me yeah. like slightly of that fan film. There's a, a fan film that's really dark, like really fucking dark. Mm. Uh and that had this sort of brutal, sort of like warlike setting for the opening. Which is kind of like this, obviously, but this is obviously during the dinosaur era. So that there's pterodactyls flying around and whatnot. Mm. And I really liked it, because obviously you get to see fucking Brian Cranston not stuck in a war. You get to see him actually in full like body paint and everything. Mm. Spouting off his... Uh... Obviously, you get to see him in the, the armour as well, which is quite cool. And you get to see him... That language they speak, they made that up. Obviously, him and the one who played Rita, they literally made that yeah. language up from what I remember reading from an interview they did. They're like, oh yeah, we made that up. It's just like backwards and shit. We just like mm. merged loads of languages into one. It was like We just spent ages working on it. And obviously... Get to see Rita fully armored up in her green ranger armor. Yeah, and that was cool. I I re- I've really dug the opening, and it sort of set up the dark tone that the rest of the movie was going to take. So, thumbs up for me. Definitely, it was a very intriguing. It
1: basically it shows you that it's not going to be this like cheesy, light like, hearted like film. Straight away, you know it's going to be dark, and it's going to be quite unique really because we don't expect this from a power ranger film which is what i liked a lot because like, I, I grew up on power ranger like watching wild force but now I, I watched you showed us some stuff before we watched it and it's kind of hard to watch the cheesiness now because now we're all a lot older but back then obviously as a kid you you, you kind of glance over the cheesiness and the obvious like what the fuck's going on but I think if we if we, the film was like that it would have took us out of it and we'd be like oh,
2: this was really worth well watching but because it was so different and so big and uh, uh, more adult it just worked it's like um
1: one of my favourite like CBBC shows was Young Dracula because that was a kid's show but was very, like, dark. Or the and, Lion. Yeah, like, they literally had the people die in that show. Because he's pet vampires, of course, that too. But it was... like Especially the older series, but when he was, like, 17, 18. They dealt with, like, infidelity and... Basically, blood purity and sexism and all this kind of stuff for a kid's show. And... I've always liked those kind of ones, the ones
2: that are blatantly aren't for kids. But what on kid's stuff. Which is what this film does,
0: and I like. Okay, okay. Um, that sums up the opening sequence. And obviously, I like the fact as well, it doesn't have this, like, if you look at some, like, films and whatnot, uh, as soon as the, yeah. it then fades into the actual movie, but I mean, the bit in between, it comes up with pair ranges, but it doesn't, like, just BLAM! It's straight on the screen like it could have. Like The old mm. uh, movie did, for example, in the 90s. It obviously had lightning striking and it had the Power Rangers logo up here. But this one, it's like a subtle you know, appearance on the bottom right-hand corner before it just fades yeah. away and then goes to the, the whole wanky-wanky moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, <laughs> we'll talk about that a bit more probably later on. Um, Definitely. <laughs> we'll talk about the uh, casting characters of this movie. So, uh, obviously, first off is the leader of the Power Rangers, Jason Scott, yeah. the Red Ranger, who's played by Daka Montgomery, who obviously made big in this you know, industry thanks to Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And he plays a really good leader. Yeah, obviously, he, mm-hmm. he, he do, it, they all feel rebellious at times. Obviously, he is straight up rebellious because, you know, the whole kidnapping a ball, which someone, you know, wanky wanky doff, off. And obviously, he has a fucking <laughs> ankle monitor in his fucking leg. That shows how dark he's been the fucking main character it has got a fucking, obviously, ankle monitor in his leg. Um, yeah,
1: the main good guy.
0: He really <laughs> sold for me as well his emotions, especially towards him and obviously mm-hmm. what happened with Billy. He sold that sadness <laughs> that was inside him that he knew it was all his fault. He wanted to blame himself for everything mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I really enjoyed his performance in this movie. Definitely. Because, like,
1: I think one thing I really like about this film it's a very character heavy film, which is like, would have thought if a fricature, they would have like not gone for that. I mean, this, ca- this fil- entire film has. Like, obviously, a juvenile, juvenile delinquent, massive quotation marks, obviously, with the ankle on it. So you've got someone who's dealing with, like, bullying and dealing with exposing nudes and stuff. Someone dealing with, like, their sexuality and their family. Someone dealing with autism. And then we've got the one dealing with, a, like, a dying mum. And, like, these are very, like, heavy-hitting topics. And you would have thought, like, I, mean, I like how they didn't shy away from that.
2: Like, this is real life. Let's make these characters real. And they did really good with it. I think, especially the kids, I like what they do with the cast. But I also like how, even like, the big um,
1: man in the wall, I don't know his name Zordon. Zordon, yeah. Um, I even like how he, even he's not at all perfect, he's got his own, like, agenda. Yeah, he wants to come back alive. But even he has a character where he sacrifices
2: that to let Billy, like, come back. And oh, he's very, character- heavy, very character-heavy, but... Even though he does sacrifice some of the action,
1: I personally think it's worth it. But other people might disagree. It's how they see the film. Like, I think it didn't need... A, I, I I think it didn't really
0: need that much action. When I, think got needed, this... I think it needed a little bit more than it did. I think that's one thing. Mm. It takes a bit too long to get into the action, which is obviously a lot of yeah. issues there.
2: Mm.
0: Don't get me wrong, I feel like I do agree with the whole character driven stuff, but I still mm. feel like they could have added a little bit more than the middle point of the movie, just a, a little bit more. They have the mm. little montage, you know the hand clap montage and what them to fight at uh, training on the. I do feel like they could have, I said to you after watching, they could have had like a moment where yeah. they lose a fight early on, which is what sends them into the pit, ready to fight, not just like, oh, try and, you know, morph, oh, they can't morph, okay, get to the pit. I feel like they could have had the fight and then try to do the morphine and then be sent to the pit. So I feel like there could have been something a bit extra there, but I do agree, uh, the character-driven moments are a lot the stronger points of this movie.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that bit of action probably would have helped it for other people as well.
1: Because I know people probably complain about the lack of action
2: and the lack of like similarities to the original show. But I think it was done well. I don't really see what people complain about, but no, yeah. those people complained about Dora, so fuck them.
0: Anyway, moving on, uh, our next character is uh, Kimberly Hart, the pink mm-hmm. Ranger, played by Naomi Scott, who rose to fame after this thanks to Aladdin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And she, obviously she's the one that deals with the, the nude sending and whatnot. And oh. she, obviously she, out of all of them, she is full on the rebellious team for the fact that she cuts her hair and everything. Mm-hmm. And though obviously the yellow ranger is obviously rebellious and whatnot, obviously she doesn't cut her hair randomly. Uh, mm. anger for obviously her past life obviously she, that, mm. the, quitting the house she was a symbol of getting rid of the, the past this is the future and I, I really enjoyed the performance I thought she was, it was another solid one which I'm going to keep yeah. saying through most of these characters
2: <laughs> I definitely agree I mean she was pretty Like the level of setting
1: up obviously her and Red Ranger to be the love interest, but they didn't go for the cliche of having them like obviously be. It like, it's more that it was quite subtle.
0: Well, they because yeah. they, they cut out the kiss. That's why. Yeah, they cut
1: out the obvious bits, but even if they didn't, like it wasn't as
2: like blatant. But you could still see it happening. You know, like it was a natural progression. And I think she did. She definitely did good in a role i enjoyed doing in that because obviously
1: there's the, that moment where she was she didn't actually want to talk about why she was like in detention but obviously you can tell she wants wanted to but like was too scared to because the whole point was she felt obviously guilty for what she did and was struggling to accept it and another thing i like about it is obviously they aren't like all perfect you know, like Captain America's all of them have their their troubles and
2: what makes they all like have the the moments where they've done something quite quite bad but it's they don't let them let that affect them. So yeah that is she did pretty good and I like her performance, as I said. Good good. Yeah
0: Okay Next mm-hmm. up is Biddy Cranston, the Blue Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played by R.J. Silo, who most recently was in the Scream TV series, the third series of mm-hmm. that, which now got released out of the UK, sadly. And from what i read, he was good in that. And he's good mm-hmm. in this, because, as you say, he's the one that's dealing, obviously, with the disability and the bullying, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he he's the one that's there to make, the, obviously, be the current relief at times of the movie, but also be the heart and soul, as we state Yesterday of the film, because he obviously he bring he's essentially the one that brings them all together and allows them to be this unit to save the day. Mm. So I, I I really enjoyed those two sides of him. I think he he handled and juggled them both well into this character.
2: Agreed,
1: definitely. He was by far my favourite.
0: And unlike uh Billy in the actual show, who was a straight up nerdy mm. kid. He he has his moments, but he's not full nerd nerd. So he's obviously, that's another different aspect take yeah. on it. There, it's like
1: he's not like sn- sniveling nerd with the glasses and the obvious cliche. He's got that. um... It's more of like it's, it's, it's autism that makes him smart. It's not his nerdy. Just it's how he sees the world.
2: And I like that distinction of it's not his fault. He's like this, but he does not let it like stop him
1: he he helps him because obviously he works out where the entire fucking crystal is
2: and like that even though like he knew all this stuff he cared so much about like the the team and stuff that he he
1: wanted them to be safe and not to give give up where it is obviously if they went for like the cliche of uh people depict autism it could have been like really cringy and quite harmful but they did it they handled it really well I think he did good
2: with his performance and it really it definitely made like the whole character bits that much better I think yeah agreed
0: Hands Mm -hmm. down, he's one of the standouts of this movie and obviously this is what brought him to the scene, really. Mm. Uh, Okay, so next up uh, is Zack Taylor, our Black Ranger, who's played by Ludie Lin, who we last saw in the Aquaman movie as Toilet Guy. And he's now next going to be, well, actually, it comes out on this day. It literally comes out on this podcast release date. He's going to be in the Mortal Kombat movie. Literally, it oh. comes out the exact same day this podcast comes out. I'm I so looking saw, forward to that.
1: I just saw James having toilet guy be so big in this. Oh, wait, you're not here.
0: <laughs> and then, um, obviously, he's the one that's do- dealing with the dying mom, the sick mom. And was mm. it? he's essentially, out of all of them, he's got the most to lose. She's his uh-huh. whole life. She is all he has. He literally lives in a mobile home, and he straight up, when obviously, they did the, 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 essentially, the suicide squad. Uh, bar scene where they're giving like a little bit of information about themselves and whatnot. he's the one who straight up admits like yeah my mum's sick and I'm really afraid sometimes even being in there with her because I, I don't think she's going to make it and I really liked his performance I thought he gave a lot and he he makes you feel like it's real, he literally makes you feel like this kid is essentially dealing with this massive, massive tragedy that's yeah. really affecting him which is obviously why he, he doesn't get to school a lot which is why he's an outcast, which is why he's just by himself all the time so i i really dug his performance it was a really solid yeah. showing of this essentially mm. let say someone who's got everything to lose and he's pretty much losing yeah.
1: it and you can tell that he was felt so alone because he was the first one who wanted to like talk about all this stuff he obviously wanted someone to like pour his heart to so he when they're when they all like standing around the fire he drives the conversation towards that because obviously it's something that's been bugging him, and I I liked what he did. Like I think the entire cast is, of the Power Range of themselves, they were perfect.
2: I think they've all they all give that believable performance. So yeah,
1: Thanks. well done. to well not guy?
0: <laughs> Listen, I think as so, well, obviously as well as his isn't the one that has this really serious side to him. But he also does bring a bit of comedy at times like the same when they're in the water and he's like oh i'm black and obviously uh billy's like no you're not because i am <laughs> obviously that's humorous and obviously him constantly going after Trini all the time that's quite funny at times and when he steals the fucking mastodon and just drives it around and just almost kills that bunch of nuns also funny <laughs> <laughs> but i i'd I say he's, he's another solid member of this team which pretty much every one of these as you're going to say Definitely. uh, Lastly, at the Rangers, we have Trini, the Yellow Ranger. I can't remember her last name. I don't know if it's... I think it might be different in this compared to the OG one. Uh, But uh, yeah, she's obviously the Yellow Ranger. uh, She played Becky G, who's more of a singer. Mm -hmm. And the other film she was in, which was an even more disaster than this film uh, when it came out, was a film called AXL, which is about a robot dog.
2: Robot
0: dog. Yeah, and obviously she's the one who did him the sexuality side of it because obviously she, technically speaking, is the first like on-screen sort of, uh, I believe, memory reading. She's not the first on-screen yeah. sort of a uh, gay superhero. Yeah. And obviously because she, it was just, it's not pointed out until quite late on the film when obviously Zach's talking to her and he's like, oh, you got uh, boyfriend troubles? And she's like, yeah, something like that. And he's like, and she, girlfriend he troubles? And she, mm. she, and she nods obviously because she, obviously she's straight up a, a lesbian in this. And mm. that's another thing that's completely different From the source, obviously what it's based upon Which is another yeah. nice little change Because obviously it brings it more into the modern times Because obviously yeah. Most groups, there's always obviously These different sort of aspects Within like the traits of people mm. uh, You're the prime example there Hayden um, Yeah mm-hmm. And Alex weirdly Yeah And well, James Um. But yeah uh... Obviously, she's. Though obviously, basically, she is the. Obviously, though I said the the Black Ranger is an outsider, which he is. She is the full on outsider. She's the one who wants nothing yeah. to do with anyone whatsoever. She just sits on a stands on like a, a rock, yeah. doing some like weird yoga pose while listening to really heavy rock music. No, 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 no.
1: But I think that like obviously they showed that obviously in the film by having like the, the main bad girl the green ranger massive quotation marks she obviously goes to hit goes to her saying like
0: because she's the outsider being
1: you, you 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 know i are not so different or green goblin style
2: <laughs> go for the heart
1: yeah they they used to like show that they're the same but she chooses them over
2: like her own like safety Show that even though um, she might be h-
1: hiding herself from her family and everyone. She still wants to have like a connection with people. So, I think that's what, all of them have that kind of, they all feel like they're outsiders but they all want somebody. They want to be in some kind of team. And then when, the, the day they find those little coins, they will see as their
2: Best moment in their life. Because when they actually feel like they've got a family.
0: Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Good. As you say, all all the all of the ones we've stated are excellent in this yeah. movie. Perfect choices for the roles. And mm-hmm. it's a shame we're not gonna get to see any more of them as this team. Oh yeah. Okay, obviously there's three more main sort of stables to this movie left. So obviously, first up is the villain, which is Rita Repulsa. Yeah. Played by Elizabeth Banks, who is in Hayden's favorite movie of all time, the Lego Movie. Uh, <laughs> oh. And um, yeah. obviously, that it, and that's, this is another character that was drastically changed from the both source materials essentially. Uh, mm. Not just obviously how she is, but I mean the look. Obviously, as shown in oh, when I showed you the one episode yesterday. Obviously, the mm. old one's like this, in this brown, like big outfit dress sort of thing. Whereas in this one, this one's more in like a sleek. Mm. Armour sort of thing Obviously, the, 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 It's very more over sexualized, Which I stated uh, Obviously that is more of a design case of It's based on her old ranger armour But it's obviously all broken because, Like Essentially she is because she's the one That broke up the team She's the one that destroyed okay. everything So it kind of makes sense And obviously she carries around this giant scepter With obviously the green ranger in, Which would have uh, gone to Tommy in the sequel But again sadly not happening um, But yeah I... I I think she gives a very convincing performance as a villain. She is very villainous, and for the fact that she's not, she's not like scared of like killing kids. I'll, I'll give her credit.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. She was quite fun to like as a villain. She was a bit cliche, yeah. but I also liked how she was like very over top crazy.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> kind yeah of, that's kind of like the source material though. They kind of keep that aspect because obviously Rita and the source material is quite mm. crazy at times. So the fact that the one I showed you uh, yesterday, the ending, she's like, oh, I got a headache because she lost. She's like, this is <laughs> he's quite loopy. And again, she married Lord Zed, of course she's fucking loopy. We've seen the guy. He literally is just skin. Not skin, like muscle, pure muscle. I don't mean like hench muscle, I mean like under the skin type muscle. Uh, so
1: he's not like um, fucking uh, Ted, Cruz. Ted
0: Cruz. No, he's not like Terry Cruz. like, buff he's as fuck perfect. he's yeah. more like if you had no skin
1: i know because there's like in my academia there is a character that teaches you like that yeah he's yeah. just outside muscle
0: yeah he's a uh, basically really very for a kid's show very scary looking which is obviously mm. a good thing which is another thing that's upsetting because obviously that probably would have been in one of the sequels him turning up with his massive zed scepter yeah so. it would have very yeah, I would, I would love to have seen how they would have adapted horrifying. that into this, because, uh, yeah, as we said, that could have been really fucking horrifying if it was done right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it wouldn't have been done like Goldor, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Something a bit, I not like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it's, a, it's very cliche, but said the over-the-top gives her that edge, and that's how unstable she can be at sometimes.
2: times. Yeah.
0: And I did like the fact that early on she's like this essentially like, bone, essentially, and then she slowly becomes like, actual Rita at the end. So I like that progression throughout the movie. So oh, I'll give him that credit. Um, okay, so next up is the head in the wall, as Hayden likes to call him. The Zordon, who's gone from that little glass dome, which basically when he's a, uh, you know, Teddy Tubby's baby in the sun type head to a, uh, you know, an actual movable head that right? goes around like a wall, which is quite cool. Uh, yeah. He's voiced by, well, voiced and physically portrayed in the form of the face of the opening by Brian Cranston. You yeah, know, a favourite of uh, Minor Hayden's, thanks to Godzilla last year. <laughs> and, uh, I forgot, uh, what I said for him in that, uh, so I'm just going to say he was in Malcolm in the Middle, because he was the dad in Malcolm in the Middle. And I'm saying that oh, because shit. of the fact that yeah. he was, uh, recently uh, brought up again in WandaVision. <laughs> um, when he broke that fucking house stand thing and it fell on top of him. Um, Yeah, I really, it's another tough, it's a tough task for me to replace the Zordon of the old ones because it's iconic. His sort of voice and the look of him is really iconic. Though obviously it, obviously is dated really badly now. Uh, It's still that iconic sort of remembrance and look. Bit like Alpha, which we'll get to as well. Their their looks are really iconic. And if you show an image of someone, they'll go, oh yeah, I know who that is. So it's a tough task to replicate that into this But I feel like they did the right choice Choosing Bryan Cranston Because he's a well-known face mm-hmm. Thanks to Breaking Bad and Godzilla And many other things And mm-hmm. he's a great actor Which he pref- Though obviously mm-hmm. all he, he has obviously basically has to get the lines across He doesn't even he could, uh, That's the thing with actors Obviously A lot of times they're facial reactions That sell a lot of the stuff they say and do Whereas he Can't really sell that Because obviously what he is he's like, Is moving war so you can't really sell the emotion on his face at times. It's, his voice. it's literally just his voice. And mm. I think Brian Cranston did really good. Definitely.
1: I think he did a pretty good like depiction of the character. Specifically because, like I said, you can tell like, he had his own agenda. He was hiding something from them. You could tell it while like watching me but it was very subtle. He didn't know what it was but you knew that he was lying to them. And the whole reveal that it's because he wants to use them to basically come back to life. And it makes the character feel, like, more real. Because if you died, you'd want to come back to life, right? You know? You'd pretty much do everything you could to
2: come back alive. And I think they did pretty well.
0: Yeah, and... uh... I thing is, as well, we've obviously, yeah. You know, the only person, person I think could uh, pull off this Zordon esque, because he's bald, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart. Imagine oh, yeah. that in the walls, that like, really British uh, Captain's log, Stardate. Grab <laughs> my head, child.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really like Bryan Cranston in this movie. He's one of the. Th- <laughs> it, it, He's another one of the cast that just drags me into this movie. Mm. So uh, obviously, lastly, he's another voice role. This one you don't see a face at all. Um, this is Alpha Five, another iconic look from the show, which is hard to replicate. But I think they did a good job in this, and mm-hmm. he's voiced by the Bill Hader, who's a very good comedic actor, who's in It Chapter Two. Yeah, and. Again, he's one of the ones that brings the, the comedy value into this movie. Because, obviously, when he comes into it, he's like this little tiny, even shorter than, uh, ay, 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 the, yeah, the classic sort of alpha. Though he does the, uh, ay, 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 ay. He, obviously, he's a lot shorter. He, he comes in, he makes that impact instantly. And he makes that comedy value when he takes out fucking um, Zach when he throws him away. And he's like, wait, there's five of you. One, two, three, four. Oh, yeah. He stretches his arm really fine. He's like, got ya, Pulls him back. <laughs> he instantly brings that. But I like the fact as well, that he knows when to go serious, like when Zordon's trying to come out, he's there just like trying to get him to come out really quick. He's like, come on, yeah. get at the war. Time's now. Or when Billy's dead and he walks in, he's just like, Master Billy. He's like has that emotional tone of him. Again, another thing, just like uh, Bryan Cranston in The War, he can't show his facial reactions. He literally has to use his voice yeah. to get that humour across, to get the, emo- obviously, the serious and tone across, get the normal voice. He has to do that all the time, and I think he does it perfectly.
1: Definitely. He did a really good job of it because if you have got to sell this stuff like if they didn't do that it would have felt like just wrong like if he was just
2: monotone it wouldn't have solved the fact that oh yeah he, he he wants his master to survive because obviously he's trapped
1: in this thing and you've got to have them sell that but also he, you've got to have them like
2: start caring for the team as well which they do really well. But, yeah, No, I think all of them have done a really good job. Agreed. All the characters
1: are not what let it down. It's just other stuff.
0: <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the story of the movie. So, uh, the story, according to this, is uh, straight from IMDb. Uh, a group of high school students who are infused with unique superpowers harness the ability in order to save the world. Obviously, it's the most generic sort of plot ever. Yeah, but it's basically r- straight up ripped from the OG. When it, you know, apart from the fact that they weren't fully chosen, like in that one, because in mm. if it, you know, you just have to watch the opening sequence of the original shows of Alpha, we have escaped. Recruiting te- teenagers with attitude You know, there's still these teenagers right here One, two, three, four, five. 2, 3, 4, 5, there you go, stolen uh, this, f- this is more realistic In the sense that it's people that Find something in the ground and like It adapts to them and then they Find the actual thing by mistake Realistically, they find the, yeah. the water By mistake, because Billy just falls in When they're all jumping and doing that weird Leg jumping thing <laughs> um, <laughs> And obviously I, I those generic, I think It works really well definitely
2: it's a simple plot but it does more like
1: it, you don't really need to be like that extravagant for what you need which is obviously the characters they're what's more important in the film and a simple if it's that is a big extravagant plot it would have drew it like taken away from that definitely the right choice of making it pretty simple
0: yeah, basically replicating and update. Essentially, all they did was replicate and update the original plot, basically. Yeah. So they, I like the fact they stuck to that. They knew that was what worked, and they was like, okay, just stick to that, update it, make it more realistic and a bit more darker. There you go. Simple. It's essentially like any sort of superhero movie. It's every superhero yeah. movie is always a generic, simplistic idea. That's all it is. But yet, it obviously everything within that idea, the acting, the Fighting the music, all that sort of stuff is what makes it iconic. Like Marvel and DC movies and just any sort of superhero movies out there, they're simple as fuck half the times. It's it's going back in time, yeah. It's, you know, try and bring everyone back. That's a simple plot. I'm getting in there, but it's done really well to get that, which is what this for me is.
1: People come for the characters, really, not for the the plot.
2: It's they
0: want to see their favourite characters on screen doing these things. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. okay, so we'll uh, move on then to the cinematography. And uh, obviously it's a lot darker in terms of the cinematography at times, how it's done. Yeah. And I think it has got some really good shots. I think there's some really good shots in this movie and like any movie there's you know, you bad ones here on occasion but i like a lot of the, the shots within it mm. uh there's a simple shot which i really like is the the end credit one when it's going down the hall and it's like really silent and there's the 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 the, he- the teach whatever shaking one person's name and then the fucking locker just blows up i like that shot i think it was a really cool shot and it's it's mm-hmm. a, lo- it, a lot of times it is sort of basic sort of sh- like just, oh pan around there zoom in there what you know Big bigger uh, version of it here, like, stuff like that. But it's still effective, I think. Definitely,
1: it's there are some shot to be quite really good. Like specifically um, when the Megazoid obviously comes out from the hot the pit.
0: Yeah, and it sort of comes up.
1: Mm. And even like the scenes when they're jumping over the cliff.
0: Yeah, when his legs are just weirdly <laughs> flying in the yeah. air.
1: <laughs> like some of those can be really fucking fun
0: yeah i like i like the shot though when they as well when they come out when they first finally morph and they come out all the lights flashing and there's then and then they start walking out like all as a team yeah i really like that shot that i think that was like the final shot of the fucking trailer like just to get everyone hyped through like what What, what yeah. one of the like, sort of final shots of it mm. and i see that that's that of a shot uh the shot with the mastodon when it's shit when the it comes up the second time when he does it on purpose, not just like steals it. Like when he comes up and starts shooting, everyone's like jumping over the bullets. And it's like a zoomed out show. It's not zoomed in. It's zoomed out as the, it's just wrecking for all these fucking putty or stone. What? what I don't even know what you want to call them because obviously in the cartoon the cartoon, the actual show, they're obviously clay, the putty, whereas it's just the rock, so they're not really putty.
1: More realistic. basically. I,
0: I, I can't think of what you'd call them.
1: Uh, fundamentals.
0: <laughs> it's just call them putty if you left it out too long and it went really rock solid.
2: <laughs>
0: there you go. But yeah, I I do like a lot of the shots. There is some really good shots in this movie.
2: Hmm. Have... Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: we will move on then to the score. And obviously last week we did Shazam. My main, obviously some of my main complaints was obviously the, yeah. the, the, you know, the, you, the normal like proper like music you get on the radio and what that was Cool. It was let down by this very generic not so great score that covered up the fight scenes and everything like that but th- oh. this obviously has like a normal score and obviously the music for you to hear on the radio and whatnot and I think it merged it very well I think it actually used it very well because obviously you have it's spread out so it's not like all constantly this music obviously you get a bit early on obviously when he's driving away from the cops and whatnot then you get a oh. bit say for example for the montage when the hand clap montage and then you got the uh, unstoppable bit at the end. Uh, or the twenty first. Sorry, but it's like twenty first century. Yeah, that bit. It yeah. knows when to spread it. Out. It knows when to put it in the right moments. And I like the bits of score in between the normal score because it 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 feels updated version of sort. Pair Rangers, which there is actually a, the theme song in there, updated version I of guess? it, which I really liked. Especially that scene itself. It was really cool. Even though Billy was going backwards, which I did hundred <laughs> percent like. Uh, I would have preferred if he was serious going straight but then again but it's a release so you know probably would go backwards uh but yeah i i like the score for this i i do actually very much enjoy i believe it's brian tyler who did the score for this yeah i think where's my phone <laughs> i got it on my phone the score go and talk
2: well um
1: i like i do have to like the music because obviously something can be, be, be quite tense at moments but there's some definite, like, intent, like, intensity to it. And obviously, the callback to the original theme was definitely a really good choice. Like, if, if they'd never had that, like, even you would have complained.
0: Yeah, you, gotta, you gotta have at least. <laughs> I would say, if, 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 if it, even if it's just in the end credits, I would have liked it. Yeah. You need that callback. Look at uh, the Scooby films. I'm pretty certain they uh, used the Scooby Doo theme at some point, didn't they? Yes, um... Uh, Dora, that used the it, Dora theme song yeah, at some
1: point. we did one. It was when he, um... In the first one... Uh, I can't remember when they did it in the first one. But I know in the second one, they did it when he fought, he fought um... The big blob guy. Gibby was on the, um... Fox show.
0: Yeah, I remember.
1: And, and obviously, in the first one, they do a, a um... Joke of cause a lot in the cartoons, they use that um power of voodoo, yeah, song a lot. They use that in the first one as well.
0: Even for example, like a, a straight for TV movie, the Ben 10 movie that had the uh, opening yeah. that had the opening for the first the actual theme, like a heavy rock version of it. But even the TV movie, uh, utilized it, and so obviously they had to utilize the, the theme. And it is Brian Tyler, I just checked. It and it's, it, it is a good score. I, I did enjoy it. I enjoy the norm music on top of it as well, as I say. Uh, I, I like the hand clap song. That was, I really like that song. <laughs> it fitted well for the actual training montage. Yeah. And I like the Unstoppable uh, song uh, at the end when he's putting the sword down. He's like, I'll be back for it. It's <laughs> like, we can be heroes, which obviously they can be heroes if they work together. Because yeah.
1: so. cause they're fighting this in a turmoil of... Are we, are we really heroes? Because they've got their dark side, but they've always and they've proven that they can be heroes and like that. Exactly. The music fits.
0: Yeah, the music on. fits, exactly. That was my main complaint with Shazam, but obviously a lot of the other aspects of that movie is what made me give it as high as I did. But there's mm-hmm. some aspects in this that drag this a bit more down. That's, that was my main complaint with that movie was the music. Obviously there's a few other complaints with this is what drags it down for me. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Uh, we'll move on then to the special effects, and I'm going to start with the negatives of the special effects here. Uh, Goldar. Uh, Goldar looks uh, shit. <laughs> not just the special effects; the designer Goldar looks shit. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't like the idea of him just being this massive liquidy monster, giant monster. I like the aspect of the show. Where he's literally like this weird wolf in an armor, essentially, with massive fuck off wings and a sword. And I believe he's no, he's not. This skull creature had to relate to Rita, but yeah it, it, I, I like that aspect of the show I like the look of the show and I said to you, I really wish they would have done a more serious rendition of this like made him look obviously fit in with the movie but obviously for the aspects of the movie it made sense for him being his gold monster because she's like, oh I need my gold are he's literally I need gold to make him that made sense, but I just I think this CGI is one thing that makes it look bad at times. The, the moving of the liquid, it just doesn't look well mm-hmm. at all. I think it was a stable liquid. It look, would look better, but I still hate the design. But it's the moving part that does it. And the bit, uh, Joe and they they have those weird visions, and Rita keeps touching, obviously, getting into the heads, and the, the whole stone people disappear. I think they looked a bit weird. Yeah. They looked a bit... St- Iffy basically, but other than mm. those two aspects, I really like the rest of the CGI. I think the Zords look incredible. I think the, the transformation the into the suits looks oh fucking God, yeah. amazing. Zordon looks good, Alpha looks good. Uh, a Alpha lot of
1: one Void looks good,
0: yeah. The <laughs> Mastodon, because well, the folks have got extra legs. Uh, Why is it, it looks like a Mastodon? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even look like a Mastodon, so. Other than those little aspects, I do like a lot of the CGI in this film. I think everything else hits. It's just those few aspects is what makes it me go. Mm. Yeah, it's like
1: what they set out to do was good. I mean, this is execution. Like, if yeah, if they'd executed like certain bits
2: different, what It'd been perfect.
1: Yeah, it'd been perfect. It's just those things let it down. But story-wise and character-wise, it shines. It's powerful, like the characters are. It's just the certain decisions ruin it.
0: Yeah, agreed. Hands down agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, talking about something that's lacking at times, uh, action sequences. There's only really two uh, mm-hmm. action sequences maybe the movie. So There's training montage, which I wouldn't really call action, uh, It it's more meant to be like it's the fun moment. And in the final battle, and uh, though I do like the final battle, I think there's a lot of really cool moments within this. There's a lot of humour in it. Obviously, the the Bumblebee joke, uh, the yippee mother, mother's good. Uh, stuff like uh, those sort of moments. Obviously, then the cinematic moment when there's, they all fall into the piss when they're all having this heartwarming moment, like, we're not going to let go of each other. We're going to hold on until the very end. Hold it, uh, And they, they do, obviously they do. And obviously, they get pushed into it, And there's that whole moment with Jason when he puts uh, his hand on the glass because... Uh, Kimberly did on her Zord, and they all mm. fall in. And then obviously, they come out as the big Megazord for this movie. Though, uh, it's weird the fact that Goldar's head design is like the spikes on his head look the exact same as the Megazord spikes. It's a bit weird. But then again, yeah. maybe she would design it similar to the Megazord for the fact that she obviously was a Ranger. Mm. But I'm very interested to see where they would have gone with the uh, Dragon Zord because that would have been interesting if it was executed right. But yeah, uh, yeah. I think the final battle is fun, it's action packed uh obviously the moment when he's actually out the su- the moment when they're out the suits uh obviously before the actual sword but the re- the fighting about the suits which is a n- really cool fight and then there's the little bit uh, when Jason gets out the suit uh, the sword to save his dad and he's, obviously he obviously has to do this massive kicks to take out two hard putties um it's mouthful to say um <laughs> but as no rough f- end like fight for a movie i think it nails every aspect it sh- should end had to. And for the fact that he didn't have any fighting throughout the entire movie, he had to get everything right within this final battle. And I feel like it did. And obviously, there's a little callback when he bitch-slaps fucking Rita into space. Obviously, that's a callback to the the bully when he bitch-slapped the bully. So, mm. it's, it's a no, it's a good final battle. Mm,
2: definitely. I mean, uh, I know that, like they like said, you don't, you would have preferred more
0: action. A little, it's a little bit more, a bit earlier on. Yeah. Like a little little scene early on
1: mm, but I think I think at least there's enough to like play state the fact that yeah they are so power to they still fight stuff but obviously they wanted they wanted more time for the characters themselves and to build them up as
2: people rather than as generic like army people generic like coloured army people
1: because which is pretty much when you double down that is basically power rangers each one's slightly like the same kind of character but with few differences there's always very similarities between each one Obviously, in this one it's realistic people and the action i thought it was quite fun like i liked because he it wasn't gonna be that like show the over the top ninja style fighting
2: because they are inexperienced, but they're pretty much with the power of friendship. They managed to defeat her. Just like
1: my little pony.
0: <laughs> See, that's the thing. Though I think it's because they're waiting way too long in the film. Because literally, the fighting was the last act of the movie. They were waiting way too long before they introduced any sort of combat, which obviously is one thing that probably drew people away because they're waiting for like at least, like for example, a Marvel film. There's always at least one like midway fight scene or something. Whereas this is literally. That little bit of the dock then the bit when they're suited up and then the big final zord battle it was all in the last what was it say half hour something like that or based in this final half hour which obviously people go into it they at least expect to say maybe something like a bit early on so maybe the foot
2: uh, it was mm. be it
0: took about an hour to even get the stones i think i i remember correctly looking at the time it's actually not my mouse and it was like 45 minutes ish before they even got the stones. So it was quite late into the movie. Mm. But it would have been cool. Uh, they obviously Rita and come like then. It would have been cool, obviously, if a, she like put like, some sort of safeguard in case the stones were caught, like picked up. Like the, the putty appeared at no, and getting chased by the cops. Yeah. If the putty appeared then and like, tried to get on and then list this little fight got beat up and then ran into the car and whatnot and had that chase sequence that would have been mm. interesting but obviously for what we got fighting wise it, it, now the fighting just needed that a little bit more early on mm. but I do like the fact there's a little the little cameos in the final battle at the end of uh, Tommy and Kimberly, obviously Jason Day of Frank and uh, Amy Taylor Johnson I believe it is Amy Taylor Amy Joe Johnson sorry I don't know why I said Taylor mm. Zach Taylor <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I, I did like I like the final battle Mm. It was fun. Oh, if you can't tell by me sitting back, Hayden, you know what time it is.
1: What time is it?
0: Uh, I know, it's um. It's 5.46. Quite exact, but no, it's Hayden's <laughs> editing second. Let's see how long this lasts. You, you always find <laughs> something at last second and then drag it out for like two minutes. <laughs>
1: oh. Well, there's not much to say because there's no real like major editing to it it's just generic classic editing the only thing that you could count to it is the dream sequence of them all like
2: imagining what happened and that's it It's pretty much it really that's the only like different bits they've put in it's not like fucking Zack Snyder's Justice League there's
1: not like drastic things that change pretty much what you could say is because they the choose a specific music and lighting, it makes it more darker making it more of a serious tone than a
2: glowing golden, look at us, we're Captain America people but yeah, that's it done and dusted, well done
1: <laughs> let's see how long this section lasts it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, uh, we'll move on then to the pacing of the movie and for what it aims for The pacing is spot on, because obviously it builds up your characters, it builds up to this final battle. So it doesn't obviously, Mm. it's not like your sort of normal uh, Power Rangers style thing of it's constant battles throughout. It just builds up to this end battle, so it builds up your characters, it builds up them getting the power, having to learn the power. It's also subtly building up your enemy within that, before then obviously building up your, obviously to your final battle, which then you execute and then the aftermath and whatnot. It Mm. does that perfectly so obviously as a one more action sequence a bit earlier i would have done me even better uh for, for what it, it, the pacing boys it worked about to build up to that final battle as the sort of main moment they become rangers essentially
2: hey yeah i also like i think a thing that i like about all of like, the rangers themselves like their design, I think, about them is just it looks sleek and good and just very different to the classic spandex. You know, it's like during Marvel,
1: how they redesigned something Hawkeye, yeah, they redesigned all this stuff to make it more realistic and feel like they would exist in this world. That's what this does. Also, I think I remembered the time they actually used that sword when he was
2: going for his dad. He used it against two of the rock boys.
0: He kicks, he does like some jump kicks on them.
2: Oh, I
1: remember, I remember he used a sword on one of them, at least, the rock guys, and it appeared like a Iron Man's armor. That's how I remember it. I
0: think that was in yeah. the the main, the, when they jump out the water, because he jumps over yeah. the one and the sword appears on his arm.
1: That's it, yeah. I remember it like, it was a lot like Iron Man's armor. That's how I remember it. It's basically Iron Man armor from to War. That is basically what this armor is. Basically, <laughs> no, no. yeah. I was expecting loads of like, those fucking like things to pop out and massive laser beam <laughs> that he <it> does.
0: <laughs> you, you basically, yeah, some of, the, some of the production design thoughts there.
1: There
0: you go. We'll still move on to that subject. Iron Man. But, uh, yeah. I, li- I like the base. I like the fact that it's like a massive underground like ship. Because obviously in the old one it was more just like it was just essentially it was just some part of a cliff. It was underground, but it was all part of a cliff. Like it was just like this massive in the middle of a desert sort of situation. Whereas this is literally under their town. I like the look of the ship. Obviously Zordon in the wall that moves around works perfectly. Obviously as I said, the armors look really cool and sleek. Uh, try and not knock everything off when I'm just. Gr- oh, oh! I saw that moving then. Uh, the armor looks really sleek and really cool, really up to date. I'm gonna try and not mm. uh, knock it over again. Oh was close. Uh, but yeah, and obviously Rita's armour is more up to date, more like a pair of, uh, actual Green Ranger armour, just obviously a bad mm. guy version. Uh I like the I, like, I basically like the look of it, basically it's like this, this normal town it's not like this big massive cities, it's just literally this normal town So mm. I I like that they went for that aspect, which obviously is what the show essentially was. Mm. and i like the fact there's references
1: got Kremes, then. yeah
0: then oh, we huh? have <laughs> yeah uh and I, I also oh, like yeah. the fact there's a little uh of references as i said uh, afterwards of the name drops when the, the dad's driving and he's like uh oh, and pearl bay i think he said or something like that which is obviously references to actual towns from the actual universe so i like the fact that they subtly put them in there so but yeah uh, projections design yeah. overall i think spot on
2: Mm, definitely it feels like they're in this world definitely and okay. like, as I've been saying the armor looked alien
1: but also looked like it's been influenced by the time that, that they crashed and except for the Mastodon, we? don't talk about that bit <laughs> agreed it's like a fucking spider boy
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um... Okay, uh, we'll move on then to the script. I managed to get, I'm surprised I even held that. Uh, yeah, uh, I like the Obviously, the script is so much more, as usual, by the actors, as it always is. And yeah. it, the, as you stated, obviously, the old ones, they both stated, obviously the dialogue a lot of times, and even the new ones of the show, a lot of the times it's cheesy dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's, cl- it's clunky as hell, whereas this is more serious toned. But it's not like cheesy lines at times, especially with Rita she's more mm. over-the-top sort of cheesy than just like your, your generic sort of cheesiness yeah but, we got real
1: well. she's alien
0: exactly so you yeah, won't know like yeah. a lot of stuff the
1: commonest is she acts very alien, uh, over-the-top nature come from her like her species or where she's from the culture that her species has whereas we have the more realistic like kids who are obviously dealing with shit and definitely angle the world but want to protect
0: it at the same time yeah i think that i think their dialogue is a lot as a more serious nation it feels more realistic very at times he- very heavy yeah it feels re- it feels realistic i would say Hmm. definitely which, which they had to for the fact that the subjects they're going for they had to make sure what they're saying is realistic at times and oh, definitely- obviously you still have to- I, I I feel like they na- nailed that, and I still feel like they nailed some of the obviously the humour in terms of Billy. How he obviously, though, obviously I say he's more or so He's got to get the the humour here. Like, are we more Iron Man or Spider Man? He's got to get that sort of like nerdy humour in, and it's not yeah. like really forced. It's like sort of naturally comes.
1: Yeah, because because like, being, him being autistic, these are things that would pop in his head, and he'd want to like explain. He wants to, he wants to understand the world and understand. So, what is the situation with this? Like, it feels like this is what the actual character would say. Not like what the studio thinks. How let's say this and reference this. Look, we're referencing pop culture. Hair like us. It's more of the character would actually say this. It's like like the um, Spider-Man in uh, so Homecoming and stuff. He's a big fucking Star Wars nerd. The scene where they're playing with like Lego Star Wars. Like, what you do, <laughs> you look at your background...
0: I mean, uh, am yeah, a big boy up there.
1: Yeah, it feels realistic, not the real characters, and this feels like as well. They all feel like real characters, have their own little niches and
2: stuff that makes them them. That's good. A good. good...
0: Thumbs up. <laughs> 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 um, okay, we'll move on to the ending of the movie. So the ending is, obviously you know, the day saves, as you usually have it. Uh, heroes go back to normal. And, you know, still remain friends and still have, obviously, the, the desire to protect the city when it's required. And Ooh. obviously, it's, it's, it's more, obviously, a generic sort of ending of a movie. Like, oh, we've won. Yay. But I like the fact, obviously, they go back to normal. They're not sticking fully around as the pair of rangers. That's, obviously, as they are doing the show, the normal episodes i like the fact they're going back to their normal lives with still the aspect of we know the power is there when we need it again we'll come for it and we will save the day again i like that aspect of the ending so yeah it reminds me sort of of like the actual shows where they end obviously not to say that like, the first like few series because the first few series obviously followed on into the next show but i mean like the ones that are like sort of one shot series they usually end with them basically just going their separate ways or maybe sticking around to save the day more so I like the fact that these have literally, essentially, still are school kids. They literally yeah. need to go back to school, and they've gone back to school, and they've all become friends. So they're all going to bond even more at school. And as they if Swordland's like, we have a new threat arriving. Uh, Alpha, really has come back. Ah, oh, We'll get him again. Ay 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 It's that sort of thing. I like I like the fact that obviously they still have that knowledge of we'll go back because as you said, Jason when he puts his sword down, he's like. I'll be back for it, so that's the aspect of they'll be back. Which, well, it's sadly though, not.
1: because yeah, it's bittersweet because yeah. like they're not actually coming back, but in our own head canon, we can imagine that they do. if there's like a big moment, they would come back. It's like um, the ending of Avengers. I uh, ending of Avengers Assemble. They obviously end of like they'll come back when then we need them to because they have to and that sort of kind of thing you know, and they're all going in separate ways and they're saying Nick Fury's continuing to Hill about how they'll be back even though Four is back in Asgard and Tony's they're all going to a separate yeah. ways
2: they're
1: going to come back and when we need them and there's that kind of feeling to it it's more th- like more human in yeah. the sense of yeah
0: the same sort of aspect could be said for uh, Snyder's Justice League, or the, even the yeah. normal Justice League, essentially. They both end with this idea of if we need us, we'll be back. Mm. That's I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Obviously, it's just bittersweet that it's not going to happen. Mm. Sadly. We can imagine. Yeah, we like. can just imagine it.
1: I can imagine you sitting in your room now and coming up with those of fanfics about what happens with them.
2: Hi, <laughs> I am <may>. A.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, uh, well, then move on. Uh, well, I have a quick note, obviously there's the end credit scene after the, you know, we, I got the power! Yeah, the power song. I don't, <laughs> mind. I don't, mind. I don't think it came come through fully then, but oh well. Um, but obviously there's the whole Tommy Oliver little reference where they're all in detention, there's a jacket on there It's like, oh, do you got a new student? Tommy Oliver, keeps repeating, the guy's not there. Or girl, because I think the cast wanted a girl at one point. Mm. A lot of the cast well, uh, I wanted them to change it. Tommy could you.
1: be like a gender neutral name.
0: There's a lot of aspects of uh, people obviously the, I think it was the cast obviously were calling for him to be turned to female. Obviously hmm. either way we never got either version. Obviously there's a little joke of Billy Blunt said a fucking locker again for the second time. Uh, but yeah I, I like the little reference but again as say, it's just bittersweet that it's, nothing's coming from it. Yeah.
1: but we yeah. Can, you, can, you can do a different fan cast. You can choose who you want to be. And...
0: Yeah. I, I, we can dream.
1: Yeah. Fill it in your in your head basically.
0: Yeah basically okay um Or mm. will move on quickly before the ratings and then move on to your yeah, favorite moment of the movie as, as, oh. there's a few moments in this movie that i really did like obviously as i said the first time they suit up when they're all walking up that's really cool uh, the zord comes up that's really cool a lot of the bonding between them is really cool but the one that sticks in my mind massively a lot of the time it's because of the acting and the music and the cinematography of the scene in general and how impactful it is is billy's death I really like Billy's death in this movie. It's a scene that massively stood out when first yeah. watching it because obviously when re-watching it, you know, oh, he's going to come back, it's fine, or whatever. But when watching it for the first time, I was just like, wait, they oh. just they just oh. kill someone off. Obviously, the comics now they fucking do it anyway, left, right, and centre. But yeah. I mean, at the time I watched, I was like, they kill him off, and that scene obviously stuck in my head constantly, and it stuck in my head throughout multiple viewings, and especially this viewing. And I've gone, this is literally though. It, it's obviously not the action scene it's not them fully suit it's a character driven moment and it really sticks with me so billy's death hands down is my favorite moment and the standby me, me fucking uh, song on top of that makes it even better i yeah, love that definitely. scene
1: i think for me it would be the scene where they're all around the campfire talking is that, It that might seem very cliché but it's like we learn a lot about the characters and the struggles they go through and you can see how it affects them. Like the way, the way they say it and like the fact that kim doesn't want to reveal what she did. Cause she's still ashamed of it. I've showed she's ashamed of what happened. And obviously each one of them has a little like reaction. They all, it's something that they all need. They all needed to like bond and they all had something they want to talk about but had no one to talk about too and this gave them that so that's in a way is a lot for me because that helps to set up
2: more the impact for them of Billy's death okay it's
0: basically our favorite moments literally flow into each other basically basically yeah yeah we, we did, we did a good choices again uh, okay, pivotal moments It is time for our ratings, and Alex didn't actually send me a reasoning behind his uh, rating, so we're going to skip his. Uh, He said if he he didn't send his reasoning behind his uh, one, then I'd just skip it. I'm I'm just going to skip it. So, uh, so, obviously, as I said, there's a lot of aspects to this that I love, and the legacy of the franchise is why I hold this film Mm -hmm. even higher, because I've been a big fan for a long time. And there's just a lot I love about the act, the small bit of action we had I liked, the music, I like. The cinematography, I like. The acting, I like. The cast, I fucking loved. Uh, the dark tone, I really liked. All these things make it really good, but the Goldar stuff lets it down for me slightly. Uh, mm. I really was upset that they fucked up Goldar so much. Um, though, obviously, as I say, for the pacing of wise the less action made sense. I still feel like it needs that little bit of extra, that little mm. bit of more there early on just to you know just to tease you into it. Um a bit more explaining some parts would have been nice. Um and he said the bitter sweet it's a bit like when you just sleep you can't give it a ten because you don't know you, mm. it's, your mind's like there's no more to this. It and, affects it. Yeah. And now I'm though I'm nostalgic apparently I'm not gonna be like Alex and go, Oh, this movie's amazing or you with scooby doo no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna be <laughs> like you two. So I'm gonna give this Saban's pair ranges, I'm going to give a sort of 8 out of 10. Yeah. It's a a strong high 8 for me, though. I did really enjoy it, but obviously the bittersweetness of of no sequel or no continuation, and those few things, especially Goldar, really fucking grind me down a bit.
1: I agree. I'd say 8 as well, because if I never saw this character, Goldar, obviously, I didn't know he existed. I just thought it was a generic, like, random character that was just like, this is a... A construct that I've created, like the Rock guys, and it just seemed very like emotionless, empty kind of creature. So like, I didn't know it was a proper character. But I, obviously, I love the h- human aspect to it. The character has always been my favourite part of it. It's just the design for some stuff, which kind of affects it. So yeah, the eight's probably what I'd give it to. Because I didn't really grow up with parents. I never watched Wild Force and Dino Thunder. They were the only ones I ever watched. So I wasn't as invested as like, you were. Because uh, I preferred more Ben 10. Because <laughs> <laughs> As you will know and I will constantly say. <laughs> I grew- That's what I had. That was my thing. But I still enjoyed this film. So, when we get to the Benton film, we'll be ready for some massive bias. <laughs> <laughs> massive. Okay. I've okay. glance over all the problems.
2: It's going to
0: be perfect. A lot of problems in those movies, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that gives a very simple rating here then. So, uh, that gives a... It's a Bond's pair range of a Chatterclay overall rating of. Eight out of ten. Wait, we didn't
1: ask James what he thought. James, what do you think, James? <laughs> What's that, James? Oh, you're a bitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't say that. This is family friendly.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to quickly get the Chatter Cave MVP award, and we both straight up agree the Chatter Cave MVP this week is Billy Cranston, the Billy Ranger, played by RJ Siler, just for the fact that, he, obviously, he, he was the heart and soul of this movie, and he was acted well. He, The character didn't come off as... Annoying, it came off as literally another one of the many of the characters that are struggling with something in their lives, and obviously, they could have milked the whole disability a lot more and just made that even more an aspect. A bit like what Predator did with uh, the kid in that, the the, like fully milked, like, oh, the Predator's here because he's like the next evolutionary chain because his disease is what makes him the next, like, better than everyone sort of thing. They could have milked something like that so much like that film, but. I'm glad they didn't and it worked so well and RJ Saito did a really good job.
1: Yeah. I like how it is very it just it's something the character has but it's not the character. It's like all of them they aren't like what makes them unique isn't their main character. Like even like Otia Ranger her aspect is just she she's gay, but it's not the main part of the character. It's what I like a lot of people who try to be like I like how diverse we are and modern, but they tend to make that aspect all the characters about, which can trivialise what it is. It makes it more seem like a, a fashion piece than what is real life. And this does make it feel like real living characters with real living problems. And there's more than just that that they have to deal with. Because she's not just that; It's also she feels
2: isolated from her family. And The focus on more on that side of it, and it's really good. So yeah,
0: yay. And uh, runner up this week is Jason Scott, the Red Ranger, Dak Montgomery, because he does a really good job at leading the team, being obviously the the front and center of the movie. And yeah, that obviously, as you say, Billy is the heart and soul. He's the one that sort of is there to bring them even more together. That mm-hmm. uh, Kimberly is the one who confesses her secrets to him. He's the the backbone. Essentially, the, essentially he's the, though obviously he's the head of the team. He's the face of the team. Obviously, the rock. Uh, yeah, he's the rock of the team. Obviously, Cranston is more the the backbone, the spine of the team, the heart and soul. You know, the the body of the team essentially. The, mm. But other than that, I, I do think he's portrayed. Jason Scott is a, a different version to what we had in the old nineties one, for the fact that he was more like a martial artist in that. Whereas this one, he's a football player, so it's more modernized. And yeah. I think he does the aspect very well. And it's humorous that we gave the MVP to a character called Billy and he played a character called Billy in Stranger Things.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, he, his character can be to Billy in Stranger Things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that
1: is basically a dick. <laughs> he gets affected by a all universe parasite. <laughs> basically become a serial killer. <laughs> and he basically yeah, physically abuses his gender.
0: Except sister, basically well, so this is obviously his first this is his first major role yeah obviously he, he did uh, his, yeah and obviously his first like movie though obviously better watch out it was his first one he filmed obviously it said that came out and she came out after this movie so this was his first like cinema worthy movie he does a good job
2: yeah
0: Okay. can I on to the question of the day and I've just changed mm-hmm. it mid like Mind uh, set for my Actually, because I've already answered it. Yeah, you already answered the, the fact that you definitely want to see more of this, even though it's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, one thing, obviously, I, f- I found interesting, which I spoke about earlier, was obviously th- my idea is maybe they were going to like adapt to all the other shows that like they were going to fl- slowly flow into those ones. Mm-hmm. Would you have liked to have see that? And obviously, with this darker tone, like them slowly like build up, say from Mighty Morphin into Zio, which is the follow-up series to Turbo to Space, and so on, and so forth, like build up into these like and obviously span out the universe even more maybe they could carry on a bit like Marvel ones they can carry on with these, yeah. this team but then they could also span out and do other teams like the Dino Thunder the Wild Force Lost Galaxy definitely. stuff like they span out like that so would you have liked to see that sort of massive cinematic universe with this darker tone
1: definitely because obviously because I watched Wild Force as a kid and Dino Thunder I'd like to see them specifically and it'd be also quite fun to see the other ones because I never watched Mighty Morphers but I enjoyed this so imagine I'd like the other ones, and I think if they can make what was very quite cheesy thing really good, they probably could have made even some of the cringy ones look really fucking great and even if they like they'd be all probably more modern looking and everything would have looked probably more real, and it would be nice to see how they did Wild Force because I see I remember like it. The um, fucking animals and stuff, all of them seemed very quite. Because that was quite a dark kind of. Yeah,
0: that, that, it was dark era. Theory.
1: Yeah, because obviously they had that whole, like, the, the special special one, which we obviously the wolf boy goes around basically stealing their zoys. zoids. Zoids? <laughs> yeah, Zords.
0: Zoidberg.
1: <laughs> zoidbergs. Zoidberg. He stole their zoidbergs and. Was he using them against
0: him? Yeah, he was using them against them.
1: Yeah, like, that's quite dark for, like, for a kid, because imagine, like, you grew up with these, like, big machines being, like, your character's one, like, or oh, that's my favourite one and all that, and then seeing probably your favourite, like, the lion, basically ripping apart you and, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, seeing, I, I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, like, it's probably quite traumatic. They wouldn't like to see that. Like the more realistic side, and especially that's like that special. If that was dark, then can I say fucking dark? They'd make it now. Exactly. Um, <laughs> oh my god! And especially when you realise the redemption as well from the the my black wall, yeah, just totally not racist. <laughs>
0: okay, <enough. laughs> you covered my question. Very good there. Um. Yeah. Obviously, one thing I want to quickly give a note about, is mm. we did we, we did like stuff that's old, mainly like uh, uh, Jaws and Shining. We spoke about the legacy of those films. Obviously, the legacy of this series in general, I want to talk about but the fact that this show started in 1994, May 23rd to be exact. No, sorry. 93. Ignore me. I read the fucking Last Dead part. Uh, it first aired August twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three, and obviously it was based on. I'm ki- to pronounce this: Sentai Zero Ranger, which of course mm. obviously is the Japanese counterpart, which itself started in nineteen seventy five. Pair has been around since nineteen seventy five, but it wasn't adapted into. Yeah, it wasn't adapted into English until the nineties, which thanks to Ham Saban who found it when he was over in Japan. And there's a very interesting documentary on Netflix that I recommend watching. It's like each episode focuses on like different like toy lines, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, transform. Each talks about the, those like the legacy and where they came from and stuff like that. And there's one dedicated to Power Rangers, which is a very interesting like talk from Saban of how he found it and he literally got laughed at the room when he first brought it to the, the studio. He's like, "I want to make this into a TV show," and they basically just laughed him at the room. And eventually, he got the backing of someone and, and they made this massive franchise. And obviously, there's a the book that's been behind me this entire time, which basically talks mm. about like, every series. And it goes up till... It has a little bit on Beast Morphus, which was the last series before Dino Fury, which is the current series there in America. But um, it obviously covers a bit of the movie as well. And you, you can get that on Amazon for like, 22 quid. It's not that expensive. and It's a big book. It's a nice book. It's got a lot in it. And it's, it's just something that's grown over the years into this even bigger franchise. It, it, Obviously, when we first came out, obviously everyone was enjoying it. Everyone was loving it. Obviously, it had controversy because it was violent. So, obviously, the fighting and whatnot. Like, yeah. Oh, no violence. Uh, you know the shit yeah, stuff it like that. violent. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really <laughs> that violent.
1: Nah, some people can react
0: quite. Yeah, heavily. and obviously then it it spanned over the years up until obviously this year now, where obviously say Dino Fury, which is the current series, which is based on Uh, Rishogia, which is what well, I'm wearing on my wrist currently. Um, and obviously. It's had this legacy. It's had this massive legacy, thanks to Super Sentai, which it's it's which is still going strong today. i in like it's, I believe it's. Let's have a look. It's currently in its. I think this series now its forty fifth series, whereas in America they're only on twenty eight. But the thing is, the difference is uh, in terms of America. Uh, obviously, the first three series are Mighty Morphin. Uh obviously. It, they did it split into three series. Though they obviously adapted the different like, sort of types of ones. So obviously the first series was uh, Zo Ranger, then it was Die Ranger, then Kaka Ranger. They they adapted those sort of ones, but still kept it Mighty Morphin. But uh, the later series from when Saban retook over, because obviously Saban had it originally. Then Disney brought the rights. That was a, a be- I believe Ninja Storm was the first one with Disney. Because obviously the first like so many series was filmed in America. Then they filmed then they just basically filmed in New Zealand from then on. And uh, obviously Disney had the rights And then Saban brought the rights back And then for some reason he just started doing Like two series of the same show Like like, for example Samurai And then he put the word super in front of Samurai And he kept doing that for fucking ages And it was so annoying He kept putting super in front of everything Or within the word And everyone Mm -hmm. got annoyed with that But then obviously Hasbro's brought the rights now And obviously they went back in the arsenal They didn't obviously adapt That's the thing A lot of times they adapt like the most recent series But Hasbro went back and back, and adapted uh, Go Busters, which is basically... Essentially, was a hom- homage series to America, for the fact that it was based on spies. They literally based the whole show on America, and the spies and whatnot, of the spy movies and shit. And then, obviously, Hasbro went back and went, oh yes, let's make this. Let's not make the new series. Let's go back and make this. Obviously, they're doing the oh. fucking new series in the sense of uh, Dino Fury is based on the last like two series ago. Uh... But still, it's had this massive impact. Obviously, you so said the toy lines, for example. I'm just going to grab like loads. I'm going to dread grabbing this big fucker. These are the Japanese counterparts, the much better mm. toys, I will say. Mm. Fucking shit. For example, that. Mm. He's, he's missing his legs. If I picked him up, his legs would have fell off, so I took him off already. Uh, this is based on fucking uh, Looping Ranger, Pat Ranger, which is cops and robbers. They're literally the <laughs> series. Japan literally the series based on police versus thieves, which I'm hoping they eventually adapt to America. But even though the American toys, for example, so these aren't toys; these are coins. These are diecast coins based on the movie, the first movie they made. Uh, <laughs> but these are the animal versions of this, what they had, because obviously in the first movie they lost their dino pairs and have to go to animals. So you got an ape, frog, bear, wolf, and a crane. I'm just missing oh, yeah. uh, the uh, white rangers actually. Yeah, the white mm-hmm. rangers are missing here. of all creatures. Frogs. That's the joke. It's literally a joke. The guy's like, I'm a frog. And the whole joke is, oh, the frog, yeah, you know, there's a prince and the frog, you know, you give a good kiss, he's a prince, and he's like, oh, I'm happy now. But I mean, obviously has, has brother uh, gone back in the arsenal and started doing what's called Lightning Collection, which is mm-hmm. uh, like these figures based on characters, and they did like different waves of them. They've even done like a big massive Megazord toy like these, which are quite cool. And not even like toys, though you I've dropped it uh obviously you got the, the sort of the collectible like role play shit like this for example, mm. which would light up but there's no batteries in it uh, this big bad boy, another one this these these is these are pre hasbro these two are though these yeah. are uh, legacy collection, I believe these are these are literally before Hasbro got the rights, so they're probably end up remaking this shit mm. uh but still even those shit was really cool and mm. There's even board games? There's even fucking tabletop board games on them? Yeah, let's
1: be honest. The entire franchise was designed specifically for... Merchandise?
0: Heck, there's a yeah. comic book line of them
1: there. I think, like, sometimes... Like, Which
0: you got into,
2: by the way.
1: Stuff, sometimes the design stuff can really ruin the, um, like... Because if they oh we're making it specific for toys, it can ruin designs. Like Like, the reboot Ben 10. All yeah. of the, all of the aliens are humanoids because it's easy to sell toys. Because yeah. it's easy, to, like, oh, we've got the same cast, we can just change slightly, and that ruins the like feeling of the characters. They all just feel like we're here for money, whereas the original, like, an alien, like the original OG series, I think with like Wildvine, yeah, different that looked and Stinkfly. They all, everyone, all of them looked unique and different, and. What I like about Power Rangers sometimes, like, the original series, a lot of them looked like they weren't just for toys. It was that like the design was more, yeah, like, robust, and then you show me some of the ones which were basically just, that's the toy.
0: Yeah, basically. I think the
1: older it was, the less, like, soulless it was.
0: That's what I mean, yeah. that, obviously, because... It... That's the thing, because he I say, adapted into comics eventually. And that up until, like, I think it was, like, the 25th uh, issue or something like that, it followed a lot of an up-to-date rendition of Mighty Morphin, but it also introduced new characters. Like, he's a bit off camera. I'm not knocking anything. I'm not going to touch anything. Uh, Lord Draken, which is the guy holding the mask, which is an evil version of the Green Ranger. He's a full-on evil guy that kills people. Heck, uh, literally, within this comic, I don't know where it is in the comic, but uh, I don't know if you can see that. Uh, yeah. He literally stabs the Green Ranger in the back in an alleyway. He literally teleports down and stabs him in the back and kills him.
1: This basically comic is what the film is about. Yeah. It's for those who grew up with it, but are now old enough to watch the more graphic stuff.
0: Exactly. And obviously, eventually it goes into this massive like fight mm. with all like, the good guys, like every single generation like teaming up to fight Lord Draken and stop him. And obviously, even when that line finished. They carried on. They've, they've, they've finished now because they've rebooted the to- comics and whatnot. But, I mean, the Boom comics eventually, they gave other characters shots that wouldn't normally get the main shots. Like, for example, uh, on this cover here, uh, you've got the uh, Magna Defender, which was obviously uh, the one from Lost Galaxy, which I showed you yesterday. He got his shot. The Samurai Ranger from fucking Ninja Storm, he got his shot. It was all led Ooh. by the Red Ranger from In Space. Uh, one that wasn't even in the show got a shot. He was in. He was meant to be. He was in basically part of Dino uh, Charge. He's yeah. basically a bad guy in Dino Charge in the, in the Japanese version in the movie. He was a bad guy, and it was a character that people kept saying, "Oh, he should be him," and they never did. But then the comics happened, and they adapted him into that character, and they made him a good guy. But he still had the tainted legacy from what he did in Dino Charge when he was a bad guy. And obviously, then you got the Ranger Slayer, which is a rendition of Kimberly when she worked for Draken, but then turned against him. And obviously, you got Zero Yellow. It, it eventually. It even, like, made, like, new characters, like, just specific, specifically for the comic books. Mm. So, so I really like that. And obviously, I'm just trying to get for the comics here. I've got, like, a massive pile for the explanation. They even, like, gave shot, like, one-shot stories for, like, characters that we love and grew up with. So, like, Tommy got his own Logan style, one which I told you about before, which is really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, They even adapted one for In Space with the Psycho Rangers, where they brought uh, the mm. green a green one into it and they did a full story about that uh, which wasn't as good as the tommy one but it was all right they've done a time force one about the two uh, two of the most famous and favorite pair ranges of all time and then not even like the the solo ones that the did crossovers they got teenage mutant Ninja turtles they got justice league but it's, mm. it's such a fucking massive legacy and for something yeah. that's based based on this really cheesy show it's it's surprising and i'm i'm happy it has lasted this fucking long yeah and
1: there's definitely a lot of adults stuff you could like put to it it doesn't have to be all kiddie friendly yeah
0: like the comics for example
1: yeah the comics and this film it can be dark for the kids who grew up with it but are now old enough that th- they'll be more entertained by this kind exactly. of exactly heck is the video really? games
0: there's that mm. the old video game it used to be on, i remember i put it on ds i think at one point where like, basically there's like multiple different like, uh, ranges. It was like a story-based one. You could choose different ranges, and it went through. I mean, it was like... So It's different ones per console, I think. Uh, you got the fighting one, which is basically like more common, but less brutal, which is it, the one that's, like they keep adding to now. Um, what was the other one they had? My mind's like trying to work Overdrive here, trying to... No pun intended, because there's the show called Overdrive, uh, which was really bad. Uh, just trying to fucking think. Uh, but you get my point? Like, Obviously, from this little show based on a Japanese show, uh, the amount of things I got from it is like the comic books, the games, the toy lines. It they've spanned movies; they span loads, and I'm happy it has. And I'll hopefully we get some more dark stuff in terms of live action because I want to see more dark stuff.
1: Definitely, I mean, like obviously, it inspired you as well for stuff.
0: Exactly. I've literally wrote my own dark version of this show, but not this not, show.
1: Not as uh, much of a rip-off. <laughs> it,
0: like, it has its moments when you can clearly tell it's pair But then again, there's fucking that many adaptions of this sort of show, uh, Big Bad Beetle That was literally, though it's Saban, it was literally pair arranged to put with Beetle yeah. suits. VR Troopers, again Saban, but you get my point. And there's all these other ones. There's one that Alex showed me recently, but I can't think what it's called. It's like an anime. And you can watch it on YouTube, it's literally free on YouTube on their YouTube channel. And it's basically Pair Rangers. It literally just basically is Pair Rangers, but anime. Uh,
1: I just for that, like, like I think about how many like, copies of Pokemon there are. Exactly,
0: that's what I mean.
1: Like, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh!, um, Batgon, Dinosaur King. Exactly. Those are massive, like, basically Pokemon, but not everything is. They're slightly different, in each one.
0: Exactly, which is obviously why I've made my own rendition, a much darker version, which I actually wrote the first episode of, we'll say. Oh. I've written the first one. Oh. It's quite dark. <laughs> but it also has the element of, it's essentially a bunch of people turning into armors and fighting. So it has that element, but it also has the darkness, which I like. i have to show it, you. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah. Uh, it literally is something that's shaped me, and it's shaped a lot of stuff I write in general. A lot of the stuff I like is thanks to, say, Power A lot of the things, the superheroes, I'm re- really into the superhero genre because of pair essentially. It's something that started yeah. me off in life and it's something that I hold close to my heart. I want to hold it with a shuriken. Yeah. It's like, uh,
1: <laughs> I watched loads of, like, Spider-Man films and I did watch some of the animated series but I never got into, like, Avengers or any of those kind of Marvel stuff until I watched Ben 10. That got me into it and when that made me a bit more into like in superhero and stuff. So when I first watched Avengers, like I remember putting the idea in my head, like what if Ben was an Avenger and like putting those kind of stuff, and it helps you like when you're stuff like similar to other stuff, it can get, branch your genres and what you watch. And I bet you've probably imagined what it would be like to see fucking Power Rangers against the Marvel or
0: something like that. Well, I was in Justice League fight them. Um. Yeah, and actually, then they became best friends.
1: Yeah, who's best the, Bla- friends?
0: the Black Ranger literally fights Batman and gets really annoyed with Batman the entire time. And then he's oh. like, best friend to him, and then he's like, oh, we're friends now. Last <laughs> <Well, that's> Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Basically, to sum up the legacy, it's impactful on a lot of scale, on a massive scale, especially for me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very
0: personal for you. Definitely. Yeah, it's something personal, dress, dress yeah. sense. And I'll
1: talk very similar about when we ben do ten. the
0: event. I will. I'll, I'll bring up Legacy again for That's them.
1: That's the thing that I know exactly what we could talk about. Because, like, fan-wise, there's so much
0: stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think that sums up uh, this. Literally, I could speak for hours, but I'm not going to, because I'm not making this as long as the fucking two-hour movie. Um Yeah, you know, I, might, I might bring some stuff up at some point, because I think I, I can still talk a lot and be interesting about this sort of, Passionate essentially about this subject. Who yeah. uh, knows? I might do something at some point. Um, yeah, uh, that's it for Chat Cave this week. I'm not going to announce any uh, names for any more because we've been let that many times. I'm not bothering.
1: Yeah, yeah, Alex. God's sake.
0: He's anyone that's fucking actually I know, good it for something.
1: Watch. Actually watch it. He actually
0: watched it. He wanted to give a rating, but he, he forgot to send me his reasoning, so I just didn't bother. Uh, but it also would have dragged it then, so yeah, fair enough. So you gave it a seven. But oh, well, uh, but next week we are celebrating our fiftieth podcast. Yeah, into fifty. Apart from your head, and you, this is te- that would be technically your forty because you didn't do one division. Yeah, well, but but if you count the fact that, uh, before then, I'm uh, doing a double release one day. I'm releasing my normal video, and I'm also releasing the extended version of the BVS one. Technically speaking, then you would be on fifty because you've done two <laughs> versions of that. So technically it still is your 50th yeah yeah uh, we're gonna be set about our 50th obviously straight away i'm gonna to... i believe it's uh monday at seven i believe uh i'm releasing the extended version of the BBS talk we did because we went on for fucking like ages with that i cut about at least like 15 20 minutes worth of stuff <laughs> out of that so i thought fuck it set about fiftieth. if it's going out it's not going to be canon but or oh, it might be that could be the canon version. It's going to be the same number. But either way, uh, the actual celebration of the 50th is going to be Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get as many people on as I can from the previous Look, ones. Massive,
1: massive fucking cutout that's right behind you. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but until the uh, 50th, or if you're going to be watching the extended version of BVS, which we refer to old... Uh, but until then, I might be her dragging Thomas Shoes. Yes, and this is James. Hey, <laughs> the mighty have fallen again, <laughs> and it's been a Chaco podcast. <laughs> go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> oh, there's no battery in it. <laughs> Bollocks!
1: Oh well, a pass of came then.
0: Too like, late. <laughs>